in Genesis chapter 1. Now, we have been talking, I think this is the, the 14th week on mindsets. Our main text was Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. Also, a main scripture that we all got to understand is Romans 12, 2. Do not be formed or conformed to this world. Don't let the way this world operates mold you, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind to the Word of God. So guess what happens? When I begin to get the Word of God in me, it will begin the process of changing. That may be within weeks. It may not. It may be literally months. But as long as I keep getting the Word, the Word of God will mold us, every one of us. Now, you know, when we talk about, as a man thinks of his heart, so is he. Who do you think you are? See, I think that's a question that every one of us got. Who do we think we are? Because the devil will try to do everything he can to poison you. He'll try to do everything he can to, to change your thinking in the way you see yourself. You know what? Because he knows this, guys, that you're no threat or no danger to him without confidence. Listen, I'm not talking about a self-confidence. I'm talking about a confidence in Him. When I begin to know who I am in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 6, 6 gets to be strong in the Lord. That my confidence comes from being strong in the Lord. Every one of us in we've got to get this in. Now, when you turn here to Genesis 1, remember this. You're the one person that you're never going to get away from. Everywhere you go, there you are. Every time you get up, there you are. Okay? So I'm going to put some scripture in you tonight that will begin to help every one of us change the way we view ourselves. To move us into the way how God sees us now. Let's begin on here, Genesis 1, verse number 26. Very start of the Bible here. It says, Then God said, I like Then God said. Let us make man in our image. I've been made in the image of God, so have you. According to his likeness, or our likeness, and let them have dominion. Now that word dominion there means that he has put a, 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 an anointing on our us that we are kingdom agents right here on earth. God right here said, I want to give you dominion. Right here. And keep reading this anointing. It goes on to say, over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So some of you didn't know that, but you got authority over the creeps. Every creeping thing is in you. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and a female. He created them. The message says this, that we reflect God's nature, a positive self-image that's made in the image of God. Verse number 28, then said, then God blessed them. Then God blessed them. When God blessed you, he blessed them. Now, the truth is, none of us in here will ever rise above the image of us how much you see yourself. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as unworthy? Do you see yourself as a sinner? Do you see yourself as a failure? Do you see yourself as a loser? Because this is what the world tries to form on us. Now, I can, I can view myself as successful. How do I view myself as, view myself as successful? Well, 
Joshua the Lord eight talks about that when I begin to get a hold of the Word of God and I speak it and I begin to meditate on it in life, He said, "Then you make your way prosperous. You will have good success." God's Word says that, and I can have good success. I can be a blessing. I am a blessing. How do I know that? Genesis twelve two. God said, "I blessed you to be a blessing." I'm a blessing. Oh, I'm not pastor. I'm not a blessing. No, you're a blessing. You're a blessing. How about this, guys? That I'm righteous. I'm not. A, I'm righteous. I'm not a loser. I'm not. How do I know I'm righteous? Two Corinthians five twenty one says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So ultimately, what I got to start doing is I got to start putting the image that God says about me in my thoughts. Well, we'll be to the 139th Psalm. Won't you see another one back here? We'll be in Psalms a little bit here. Psalm 139. This will help you. You know, uh, some of you may have read a Corey Tinbo's book, and some of her books, I should say. I heard her say this that when you look at the world, you get oppressed. And when you look at yourself, you get depressed. But when you look at yourself or life through the eyes of Jesus, you'll find rest. And that's so true. But I just begin to allow Jesus and the Word of God to define me, to find my image. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you, Father God, for you, talking about God, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Get this. Get this on the inside of you right here. For I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. David, right here, guys, he stands in awe of God's handiwork. You want to begin to change the way you see yourself? I tell you, right here, he gives me a bunch of nuggets. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love the word, he says, marvelous. You can say this, and I don't know if you remember this years ago, there was little posters in the children's classrooms that says, God don't make no joke. You see the sound of a little of a song. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Woo! Marvelous, Father God. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous are your works. Keep reading with me. And then that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And I was skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I get that right there. He didn't say, and I just threw you together. No, he said, I skillfully formed you. I skillfully made you. God began to shape me. He began to create me. He said, verse 16, and your eyes saw my substance began and formed. And the word unformed there is a language used for clay that's not yet formed into a pot. That's where that comes from. And so he says here, And your eyes saw myself being yet informed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Get this. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. In other words, I can't count them. Now, I, I love it. How precious are your thoughts toward me. How great. And I'll tell you something, you, you've got to begin to see that. Woo, I thank you, Father God, your thoughts to 
for me are precious today. Thank you, Father God, for creating me just the way you created me. Don't get mad at how you look, how your personality is. You're, thank you, Father God, for creating me. Guess what? You're very unique. Every one of us is very unique. You know how I know that? Because there's not another person now or ever that will have the fingerprints that you or I have. That's how unique God created us. That's how unique God created you. And so when I begin to read these things, listen, too many times we get off because we strive for the approval of people. And if I'm not careful, I become very dependent on people's compliments. And so when they begin to brag, I feel good. But if they don't, I feel bad. And so what happens is we become molded and formed by how we think people view us instead of how God views them. Romans 8 31 says this if God be for me, who can be against me? I like to say it this way if God be for me, everybody else might be for Now look at this, and this is what I want you to understand here. Our self-image is our subconscious. Our self-image is our subconscious that governs or controls uh, our actions and our performances. And so, so much of that is based on how people view me and what they say about me. And so what happens is when people are bragging on me and they're saying, I think, man, I saw I'm going up and up. Guess what happens? That didn't happen every day. And when I'm dependent on people, all of a sudden, guess what happens? You go, Psh. And this is your life and my life. We're up and down up. We're not somebody yelling yo because we base all our, our image off of what people say or don't say. It's kind of like the uh, cruise control. I can set my cruise control on 70, and if I think I've got to get around that car so I give it the gas, I go 75, 80, around at 90. But if it's on cruise control, guess what happens? Ultimately, it comes back down to the, the set point. See, that's what happens to us as human beings. We get our eyes focused so much on what people say. I must let God's word and God define who I am. Begin to get these scriptures. And I'll tell you guys, so much of what happens to us happens to us in our teenage years. That's why the Bible is very clear. It says, flee youthful lusts. So much of what, what goes through us with life is, is what takes place in our teenage years. I say this, guys. I will begin to quote and I will begin to speak of my children. They're wonderfully and fearfully great. Oh, God's skillful. Just as Father God's thoughts toward you are gracious, so am I. See, what happens to us even at a young age? We may have had a parent. We may have had a school teacher. So you're stupid. You're not smart. You're dumb. You know, so what only happens is the words that we take from people, they begin to form our self-image. Now, come to me a song, 23rd song. 23rd song. Every one of us guys can be smart about this thing of life. And every one of us has an image of ourself. Now, most folk, that image is, is based on our personality, our appearance, our abilities, our accomplishments, even on our other friends we hang out instead of the Word of God. We allow our friends to define us. We allow what we wear to define us. We allow our, our 
I act as the person that I think I am. So my self-image ultimately is a self-portrait. It's a self-portrait of the way I view myself and the way I see myself. I'm telling you right now, I believe this is very big for us. We allow that the Word of God to change myself, my self-portrait. And I begin to see myself like Father God. You know, in, in life, we all like to be lonely. We like to hear people say, say nice things. I'm not kidding on that. I can go back and I can read one Psalm 139 more. I can read uh, Genesis 1 more. Guess what? It's the same thing. God never changes. And here's this guy named King David in this. And King David made huge mistakes, guys. Got over into sexual immorality, got over into adultery. Ultimately, he didn't murder man. He had great, great heart, great shame, great pain. And a lot of times, the things we've done in life, we allow them to identify us. But you're going to see something right here. David wouldn't allow his past to define him. The 23rd Psalm, this is the famous Psalm. Look, look what it says here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He fought about, he makes me a lot of angry pastor. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though you may walk through the valley of the shadow, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So right here you begin to see David didn't focus on his faults. If you'll notice in there, he shifted everything that he said. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me a lot better. And so his whole identity became everything that God did for him. And so guess what? I want to live in accordance with the way I view myself. If I view myself as inferior and adequate, that's how I'm going to be lived. But did you see what he said in verse 6? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is what he expected. And you know what I begin to see when I read this? Yeah, if he kept looking through the, the rear, view, rear, rear view mirror of life, that would be fine him. But you know what? He had to look forward. And he had to understand, God still loved him. God still wants me to have goodness and mercy. God wants me to see. When I read this, you know what I see? God wants every one of us in this room to feel good about yourself. He wants you to feel good about yourself tonight. He wants you to be confident. He knew David's weaknesses. He knew David's wrongs. And here's the point. Does my image of who I am, does it line up correctly with who God says I am? Here's the problem. Romans 8, 37 says, and I'm more than a conqueror. Do I see myself that way? Most of us know That's how God sees it. I'm more than a conqueror. I believe it's very important that you get That's the word of God. That's what God says about it. I'm more than a conqueror. Revelation 12, 11 says, we are talk about the blood of that. I'm an overcomer. I'm, and I believe these are things that I must get on this. Let those scriptures define who I conquer. And God has said that over me. He said that over you. Now, the key to all that, guys, I believe it's better than Joshua 1 What does that say? 
This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You know what that means? Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. It shall not depart out of my mouth. And I will meditate. I will think on it. And there is day and night. And this is how the transformation begins. That I begin to read the word of God. I speak the word of God out of my mouth. What it says. And I begin to meditate on it. I begin to think on it. And when I begin to think on the word of God. When I think about Romans 8. I'm more than talking. Guess what needs to happen? Start speaking that. I start speaking. Ooh, Romans 8. If God before me, who be against me? And so I believe those are the keys that we begin to hook up with what Father God says. And I'm going to tell you that it'll change your image. It'll change your confidence. But we'll be back to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6. Now, you say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm older than dirt. I'm telling you guys, the word God's not limited by how Every one of us here probably would like to be able to go back into certain areas of our life. That's not going to happen. I encourage you to begin to speak right now. Begin to speak the image of God over your life. Begin to speak the image of God over your children. And unleash that. Unleash that. I'll tell my grandson, you know, I mean, he can dream big. I can dream big. You can do that. You can do that. I'm not like, you can do that. You can do that. And so what happens a lot of times, sometimes everyone like, we just need someone to kick this off. Someone just kick you off and you can do this. But I've got to hook this up with my thinking. Sometimes that's what we need is someone just you can do this. I want you to see this right here in Judges chapter 6. Begin with verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came. He said unto the terebinth tree, which was in Orphan, which belonged to Joash, Erebedzite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the white presses in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of God. Now, when the angel said this, he didn't look at anything like that. He didn't look at when he said, you mighty man of God, he amplifies it, you mighty man of fearless courage. You know what the angel did? He was pointing to Gideon's potential. And just like with Gideon, that's what God says about every one of us. You mighty man of God. You mighty woman of valor. And some of you said, you got a big kid. I'm not you. Well, see, the reason I know that is God said that he is no respecter of persons. And so when he spoke this over, I'm telling you, as he speaks that over us, he might have had about it. Now, for time's sake, jump with me to verse 14. <coughs> verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him to Gideon, and he said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. I not sent you. And he said that. You know what that was to me? Gideon needed a little shove. He needed a little push. How I many of you ever needed a push? Every one of us. You know, as a, as a child, we would go to this, this state park back in Oklahoma. They had this awesome swimming pool. And it had these cliffs that were hand chiseled 
uh, in the rocks, and you would climb up them, and you could dive, jump, whatever, and get into those swimming pools. And it was tears. And so, and we were little guys. I remember when we were being five, five and six years old, and we would go to these little ones. And there was five cousins. Remember, we'd jump in like that. We'd go to the next tier. We just keep doing it, keep doing it. But when we got to that tall one, I remember week after week we'd go up there and look it up and look, not today. Not gonna happen today. And none of us would do it. And so I remember one day we were up there looking, and I looked up and I said, Not today, about that time. Someone in my birthday gave me a little push. And when I went out, I was so mad, I said, Get that water. And growing up, I said, When you did something like that, you want that thing? It's on I'm fighting, I'm fighting. And when he did that, I came up and he was looking up at me and he goes, Are you alright? I looked at him like a mighty man about. I swam to the side, I climbed back up and I went all the way back up to the top. And I looked at all of them and I did it on my own. Now I believe in times you know, that's how God, how God viewed this. This is what God was saying to, to get you. Come on, get hung up with me, buddy. If I'm calling you to do this, I'm going to assist you. Now, when God says go, look at Gideon's reply in verse 15. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? In other words, you got the wrong man. And look what he goes on to say. Indeed, my clan, indeed, my home is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So you know what he said? Out of all the tribes, my home, my family, we're the poorest. We don't ever amount to nothing. And on top of that, I'm the least in my own family's life. My nickname is Scrawny Ronnie. No more. And so guess what happens? When you begin to see this, and the point is I want to make it on this, look at the way God saw him and look at the way Gideon saw him. So God said, you might have been about to get into No way. I'm Scrawny Ronnie. Look, look. Now, when I read this, look what happens in verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'm going to be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites. So when I read this, God didn't disqualify Gideon, but he sure didn't excuse him from service either. He was saying, Come on, buddy, you got to rise up. You got to rise up. Begin to view yourself like I do you. And so when we see all this, you can change the image of how you view yourself out. Start agreeing with the word of God. I've got to start agreeing with the word of God, guys. If you struggle in areas of your life, and you're struggling in school right now, begin to say, I can do all things in Christ Jesus. That's what it's worth for He's going to help me. I mean, if you begin to confess, for John 4 4, greater see that's in me than in the If you're in a situation where you, you think, I can't do that, greater see that's in me than in the Thank you, Father God. You're on the inside of me. I can do this. I can do it. And so ultimately what happens is we've got to step out with the Word of God. So we're going to have to start rising up and say, okay, Father God, I, I know what happened to me in my past. I know what happened to me. My self-image. I want to share this again tonight. And it all comes down to this, guys, being a doer of the Word. Sometimes that means you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to keep on with the Word of God. And that means I may have to grow up. 
That means I may have to get off the ball and start getting on the things of the Word of God and say, okay, Lord, it's been this way too long. Years ago, guys, there was a lady who started coming into the church. I told this just a few weeks back, maybe like or so. But she came into the church, and I mean, she had nothing. Nothing. Had all these kids with her, and so the next Sunday she came back, the next Sunday she came back, she said to me one Sunday, she said, if I had a bigger, bigger vehicle, she said, I'd bring more kids with me. She said, I'd load up the van if I had it. So as time went on, we started talking to her, and I asked her, I said, how did you find out about us? And she said, I started reading the yellow pages, and she said, well, I saw you in the picture in there, she said, the Lord said, go there, go there. So she keeps coming, she keeps coming. After a period of time, there's a woman in our church, she said, Pastor, I got a big man, I'm supposed to give it away, you know who that is for? I said, I I gave it the next Sunday, and she started doing kids stuff in there. I mean, they just kept coming out, just kept coming she was full of the love of God. She was just big. Just a beautiful young, just beautiful. So, me and Shelly said to her one morning, we were taking your kids to eat. And that's a mistake when you do that because our kids said, we want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. That's my Chuck E. Cheese. Are you kidding me? I put my flesh down and said, let's go. We got there and they blessed me so much watching those kids. So, we're sitting there and I looked at her and her name was Rose. And a few weeks back, I got a letter from her. It was just recently. And she said to me, you know, about her, her childhood. And her childhood was marked that every male in her life, her fathers, her uncles, just had been abused physically, sexually, emotionally, every which way they lose. And I sit here and I look at her and I'm thinking, how can you even, how can you even exist? Begin to see, she saw herself out of She wasn't. She wasn't dependent on people. She said, at a, at a certain age, she comes home from school one day. She said, my little brother's on the front porch crying. And she said, there's police cars there and an ambulance up there. And she said, I looked and said, what happened? And he goes, that little mom's head off. He blew his head off. So in a matter of one afternoon, she has her parents. She moves in with an aunt and uncle. The uncle starts abusing her sexually. She moves in with her best friend. Same thing happens. She gets married. And she marries a dove. She marries a dove. She settles, and guess what? The guy just abuses her. She has kids by her. She gets married again. What do you mean, Pastor, by that? I don't, you know, I don't want you to think I view people with that. It's people who aren't hooked up with God, God. If they're not hooked up and serving God, God, if they don't love God with all their heart, they won't love you with all their heart. I get very protective of women here, guys. Let me tell you that right now. If, if you're a woman and you ask me what I think about men, you ask me that. You better be ready because I'll tell you the truth. See, you don't want to mess with that. No. Every man in your life. I sit across the table from her. I begin to eat and I look at her. And she starts telling me about the love of God. She starts telling me that all God's done. And I'm sitting here thinking, how can we exist? And it goes back to this as she begins to allow God to change her identity in this life. 
She brought so much joy to my life. Every time I was coming to church and I thought I had big troubles, I would look at her and I'd think, this woman, I thought she's done. And to this day, she'll still send me pictures. She'll still send me. She lives in Florida now, I believe. But we've been a little more passage of scripture. I want you to see this here in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, this is called the epistles. When you get into the Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, the Philippians, those are written to the church. And these will tell you exactly what Jesus he, he died for you to have. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration of some of the stuff that I had to put in when I was, I was growing up in the world. Because I'm just like, I've got a lot of sin. I've got a lot of background. And it wasn't good. wasn't good at all. And so I had to allow the Word of God to change my image. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse number 1. And you, he made alive. Look here right now. I sure would be afraid to put your name in that. And Jason, he made alive, who was dead in trespasses and sin. In which he once walked according to the course of this world, yet according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, yes, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were made by nature children of wrath, just as the others. You know what they tell them? This is my past life. Every bit of this that he just mentioned. Now, if I if I don't allow the word of God to change my this is how I'll live see myself this way. I'm no I'm soft. I'm no good. You don't know everything I've done. You don't know everything I've done. Verse 4. But God, who is rich, I thank you, Father God, for your rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us. Now, once again, I would put my name in there. Your great mercy, Father God, because of your great love, which you love me. Woo! And I tell you guys, it's, it's refreshing to look in the mirror and say, God loves me. God loves me. Still to this day, when I say that in the morning to myself, I, I get tickled on the inside. So he loves you too. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made storm and alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he's raised Jason up together. And he's made David sit together in heaven and place in Christ Jesus. That in the ages come, he shall see the riches of his grace and his kindness for delight in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, but any which you boast. For we are his workmanship. I'm his workmanship. I love those thoughts. Do you know what I understand? As long as I draw my image off of what he says, he's going to keep working. He's going to keep working. He's going to keep working. He'll start using the areas. And he'll bless you. The thing is tonight, I've got to get the mindset. That's not bad. I'm not ugly. I've done some things just like David. I don't know why the This goodness of ours, they fall off the face of my life. And this is how we got to get it. I believe it's because some of you 
when you step out by faith. And some of you are going to have to start saying those things. Begin to speak life. Begin to speak these things, guys. Over your situation. I don't think you follow that. Stand up All this is refreshing for me. And this is good stuff right here.